Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cracking Addiction with Philippe Naren and Fergal Armstrong. In the episode of Cracking Addiction today, we're going to follow on from our two previous episodes on benzodiazepines and talk a bit about benzodiazepine withdrawal and the management of withdrawing of benzodiazepines. So, Fergal, just as a starting point for this episode, could you talk to us a bit about the time frame of withdrawal symptoms from the, the cessation of benzodiazepines? I, and bear in mind, this is obviously going to be dependent on which type of benzodiazepines you cease, because a lot of this will depend on the half-life of benzodiazepines, as we've discussed on further episodes or the previous episodes of cracking addiction. Yeah. So... I think it's really important to understand that you're only going to get a withdrawal symptom if you have pre-existing dependence. So I think the first thing to re-emphasize is that how long do you have to be on a benzodiazepine before you actually get uh, dependent on it? And I also think that it's important to emphasize the difference between tolerance and dependence because we know you can get tolerant to the soporific effect of benzodiazepines within a week or so, and you can get uh, tolerant to the anxiolytic effect within a month, right? But dependence, I view as a kind of a, a, a journey further beyond tolerance. And I think, you know, with, with the use of therapeutic doses of benzodiazepines, it can take two to three months, sorry, uh, th- three to six months. But if you're using supra therapeutic doses of benzodiazepines, I think you can get dependent within two to three months. So really, you're, you would only expect a withdrawal from benzodiazepines because you're dependent on it. And that would really only happen if you're, if you're on benzodiazepines for more than three to six months. Now, the speed of onset of the withdrawal symptoms is dependent, as you say, on the half-life of the benzodiazepines. So for very short half-life benzodiazepines, such as, you know, uh, uh, temazepam, then you're, you, you could expect a benzodiazepine withdrawal within, you know, two to three days. Uh, for long half-life drugs such as clonazepam and diazepam, it, could, it might take up to you know up to a month to actually go into withdrawal. So it it does depend. And I actually had a patient once who came to me, and in all honesty, was absolutely convinced that he still had chronic benzodiazepine withdrawal two years after cessation of benzodiazepines, and I wasn't able to disprove him. You know, I think, I think my impression at the time was he probably had an underlying anxiety disorder, but he was absolutely convinced that uh, that this is what was going on. But yeah, so that's that's the time frame that I think of. Now, I'd like to reflect, re- ask you, you know, what do you think the symptoms of actually a benzodiazepine withdrawal look like? What 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 goes on? Most of the symptoms that we see with regards to benzodiazepine withdrawal are kind of. Features of almost hyperarousal, so agitation, anxiety, people can be tremulous. The one symptom that most people are most fearful of is, of course, the withdrawal seizure that can sometimes occur in benzodiazepine withdrawal as well. So Mm. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that as well. But I usually find people get a a, a profound rebound anxiety post, especially when we're talking about patients who have been on benzodiazepines for a very long time and they've rapidly ceased them as well. And you were talking about timeframes and the time frame for benzodiazepine withdrawal really does need to be mentioned. Um, you mentioned two years and like you, I think uh, it was probably an underlying anxiety disorder. But a lot of the time when we've got patients in, in our withdrawal unit, and we'll talk a bit more about the practicalities of benzodiazepine withdrawal a bit later on, 
while we've admitted people for a short time period, um, which can sometimes be seven to 10 days, we do need to be cognizant that sometimes with benzodiazepine withdrawal, we're talking about a withdrawal that can sometimes last a couple of weeks, really. And sometimes, you know, we're, we're talking beyond 21 days. And you do need to be mindful that although maybe some of the life-threatening complications, such as a withdrawal seizure, may not occur after a, a few weeks, the patient's suffering um, and anxiety and agitation are still real. And you do really need to hold hands with the patient and and guide them through what can be quite a prolonged withdrawal. And also, we'll be talking about weaning and tapering of medication, uh, a, a process that can be quite involved, which is a bit different to a lot of the other drugs that we help patients withdraw from. Would you, would you agree with that, Fergal? Yeah, there's a number of things that I, I want to reflect to you on that. So firstly, if we, I, you know, I have a useful mnemonic in terms of thinking about you know, the symptoms of uh, benzodiazepine withdrawal, and that's AMPS. So we've got anxiety and autonomic hyperarousal. We've got muscle symptoms, so twitching. Uh, P for perceptual disturbances. It's very easy to get perceptual disturbances with benzo withdrawal, and then S for the seizures. That's the first thing to mention. The, the second thing to mention is, um, you know, if you're talking about uh, an inpatient admission for benzodiazepines, you know, various learned bodies have produced guidelines to say you can reduce the dose of you can reduce the dose of benzos within a hospital-based setting like ten percent every day or every second or every third day. You know, and it's perfectly safe to do that. I disagree with that concept of management because, you know, you know, with my dual role, I, I see a lot of patients withdrawing off benzodiazepines very successfully in the community, but it takes time. You know, it can take six months, a year. And so I think that the role of an inpatient admission is not to actually get people off benzodiazepines quickly, because I think actually it's, it's, it's unnecessary and it just, as you say, exposes much more anxiety. I think its role is in determining the level of benzodiazepines that people actually need. Now, I, I say this predominantly in the context of, of aberrant or illicit benzodiazepine use. You know, you get these people that come to, come to you and say, oh, look, I'm on 10 Valley, I'm on, I'm on 10 Xanax bricks a day. Well, if you work out what 10 Xanax bricks a day, I mean, you know, Xanax is um, alprazolam, which is about, it's about, a, about a one milligram to five milligram ratio. So that's at least 50 milligrams of diazepam. But if they say they're on 20 Xanax a day, you wouldn't give them 100 milligrams of Valium. You know, so really, you know, my practice is to actually just give them enough that you know they're not going to seize. So that means, you know, 40 milligrams of diazepam a day. Mind you, the BAP guidelines from the UK say 30 milligrams of diazepam a day is enough to present to prevent a seizure. But in Australia, it's common practice to say 40. So once, you, once, you've got, once you've given them 40 milligrams a day, I think the role of admission is to watch them and see if they need any more. And if they don't need any more, great. If they do need any more, we'll give them a bit more. And then ultimately, after a week, you have a rough idea of what really their benzodiazepine needs are. And I think that's the role, that's the main goal and main role of admissions for illicit benzodiazepine use. And then you can deal with that. You can then uh, produce a, a community tapering plan. And, you know, what's your view on the speed of, uh, well, first of all, what would you say to what I've just said? Uh, how would you reflect back that? And secondly, then, what would you say that should be the the speed of tapering in the community. Um, I agree with you in terms of the um, the, <clears throat> the purpose of a withdrawal admission. I, I never admit a patient into the withdrawal unit uh, who's using um, either both prescribed or illicit benzodiazepines with a view of ceasing them during that inpatient admission. I think that's too ambitious. 
I think we're not going to be able to take the patient on the ride. And the worst thing is, like, say, hypothetically, you do manage to cease the patient's benzodiazepines during their um, inpatient admission. It's probably being done to the patient rather than with the patient, and the chances of relapse are pretty high. Mm. So totally agree with you in terms of the purpose of a withdrawal uh, admission um, in, in the, um, the detox facility is just to stabilise benzodiazepine use, figure out what the benzodiazepine requirement is, and then formulate a plan to wean and taper in the community. So completely agree with that. I think I'm yeah. a so bit more... Can I, just ref- can I just say something? You said stabilise. No, I mean, stabilise doesn't actually mean giving the patient the benzodiazepines that they say they're on or they, that, that they were on previously. I think it's important to make that point. Stabilizing them means get them on the lowest possible dose that they are physiologically comfortable with. Because if, you know, for viewers, sometimes, you know, I don't want viewers to go away thinking, right, what do I personally advocate? Patient X says they're on 80 milligrams of Valium a day. There's a script for 80 milligrams of Valium a day. Therefore, they've got to have that during their admission, especially when you're talking about polysubstance withdrawal. So someone coming in with an alcohol withdrawal, an opioid withdrawal, and benzo withdrawal, you know, we have to treat all of the substances. And we have to stabilize the benzodiazepines. And that may mean putting them on a dose of benzodiazepines that the patient is not expecting, is lower than the patient expects, but nonetheless is safe. So stabilizing does not actually mean identical prescribing. Absolutely. Sorry to interrupt you there. No, no, absolutely. And, and that's a, a great clarification. So yes, stabilization is the, the lowest uh, physiological dose that the patient can tolerate. I think... Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit more liberal in what I would be willing to tolerate in a detox facility. So I'm willing to go up to a maximum of 80 milligrams of diazepam during um, the, the detox facility while we're figuring out the dosage. And this is for those complex patients who are taking, say, non-prescribed alprazolam, lorazepam, mm-hmm. diazepam. So you've got this, um, this smorgasbord of benzodiazepines with ridiculous diazepam equivalents, and we're not quite sure mm-hmm. where we're going for. But the goal yeah. would be to figure out what the lowest potential dose is. And then upon discharge, and I think this is really clear for our listeners and viewers, that you must make sure that they're on a dose of one long-acting benzodiazepine, so diazepam, single pharmacy, single prescriber, stage supply. So uh, please, if, if nothing else, uh, and this is also probably um, useful for um, our our primary care physician colleagues as well, if you're planning on doing something along the lines of you have a patient who you're planning to wean their benzodiazepines um, off, convert to an equivalent dose of diazepam, single pharmacy, single prescriber, stage supply, and you can cut down by 5 to 10% per week or per fortnight or an agreed amount with, with the patient. Some people do it by 5 milligrams, particularly on the higher doses. And then once you get down... To, to the lower doses, sometimes say around the 10 milligram mark, people decrease by by one milligram per week or per fortnight. Usually weaning the first 50% is a lot quicker than the last 50%. And then it's a negotiation um, between you and the patient because sometimes people feel that their anxiety symptoms, um, muscular symptoms, uh, agitation levels will increase once the benzodiazepines are coming closer to the end. And it's important for us to make sure the patient's on side, but also that the dose is being decreased. Would you would you agree with those sentiments, Virgil? Yeah, I, and I also I totally agree with what you're quoting because you're quoting the received textbook, you know, you know, the, by the terms and the pay, the literature on tapering. And, but in my in my clinical practice, I see 
I mean, I don't know the proportion. I haven't really thought about it. But I see a number of patients who take longer than usual to come off benzodiazepines. And the way I look at it is I don't really care how quickly they come off or how quickly they reduce their benzodiazepines, so long as they are gradually but uh, surely moving from a position of higher risk to lower risk. And that, you know, if they want to move down one milligram a month, well, you know, I'm okay with that. Um, I've got a patient, um, I've got a, a male patient who, who came to me with uh, benzodiazepine dependence there. He was using illicit Xanax. And I've been with them for now seven months, and I've managed to reduce them by 10 milligrams of diazepam over the last seven months. And I think that's a treatment success because it's 10 milligrams less than they were taking. And they're engaged and they see me regularly. And so, you know, again, I think I think the danger of too rapid or overzealous tapering results in treatment failure, relapse, and, and the worst thing possible, disengagement. Absolutely. And I guess this brings me to a question I was going to ask you about some of the psychosocial tools we can help with that engagement and managing some of that distress, because we do know that by weaning and tapering benzodiazepines, we are likely to um, cause patients some increase in stress and anxiety. What interventions or techniques do you do to help deal with some of those psychosocial symptoms that will flare once the benzodiazepine dose decreases? So I think there are two major issues here. Firstly, you have to actually understand what was the original reason for benzodiazepine use. And secondly, how can you optimize people's lifestyles? Now, with regards to the underlying reason for use, you know, if someone is, has been put on a benzodiazepine because they've got anxiety, you need to treat the anxiety. If, if, you know, or if someone's got PTSD, you need to treat the PTSD. Um, you know, you can't leave these open psychological wounds oozing and dripping full of misery and expect them to stay off benzodiazepines when they've been used to that sticking plaster for the, you know, for the 20 years. So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is a lot of people, um, a lot of people who are on benzodiazepines are on benzodiazepines for mental health reasons and insomnia, right? So I'm a great advocate of lifestyle interventions and behavioral activation for the management of depression, anxiety, and insomnia. You know, there's, there's very good evidence that exercise, appropriate diet, uh, appropriate exposure to light therapy, appropriate routine helps with anxiety, depression, and insomnia. And then, you know, if we go, I mean, I've just quoted you the three, the three S's of life, sorry, the three F's of lifestyle medicine, the feet, the fork, the fingers, exercise, diet, and uh, abstinence. The three S's, sleep management, socialization, and stress management, I think really are an essential part of benzodiazepine withdrawal management. And I think it's really important to emphasize the quality of relationships. Now, there's an organization called Reconnection that specializes in benzodiazepine tapering, and it's based in Victoria. And un, I mean, I've, I've chatted to some of the leading researchers there and unpublished, or sadly unpublished data as yet suggests to me, or, or the conclusions of this data is that the one key thing that determines the, the success of a long-term benzo taper, it's not 
the age of the patient. It's not the strength of the, the dose of the benzodiazepine or the potency of the benzodiazepine or the half-life of the benzodiazepine or the duration of use. It's none of those factors that you would think of. The one key thing that determines the success of a benzodiazepine taper is actually the quality of the social relationships that the patient has, the quality of the psychosocial support. So for me, one of the S's in the lifestyle medicine is socialization. So for me, it is absolutely crucial to get my patients socialized, get them linked into networks of people, get them to identify their hobbies, their interests, and get them out and about talking to other friends, making new friends, making new connections. So to summarize, deal with the underlying mental health issue that originated the benzodiazepine use. Secondly, optimize their lifestyle. Now, Philippe, and you're an expert in lifestyle medicine. You're a fellow of the Australasian Society of uh, Lifestyle Medicine. What's your view on that? Uh, I couldn't agree anymore. It's so important. And I think it's something that we've been harping back on for pretty much most, if not all, the episodes of Cracking Addiction. This issue about connection, the fact that there's a reason people use substances, and it's really about the substance itself. It's about that feeling, that trauma, the underlying hole uh, that we're trying to patch up or we're trying to fill. And there's so much that needs to be said about connection, um, about socialization, about relationships. All of us, um, and there's varying degrees as individuals that we need it, but we all need relationships. We all need socialization. And it's that connection, that um, reconnection with society and community that is the hallmark of, of recovery. And it is that holistic thing that will prevent relapse occurring as well. So, I think um, the, this episode of, of Cracking Addiction has been information-packed. It's We've been talking about benzodiazepine withdrawal, the techniques of doing that through, through medication management, but also some of the psychosocial interventions that are important in preventing relapse to benzodiazepines. So thank you for your attention um, and bye for now. <laughs>